There was an idea. Dormammu, I come to bargain. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Asking Robbins always finds out. Hire for the faster way. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective, the show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo, and today I'm being joined by Peaches, Chris, and Teddy, who's here. To- <laughs> I, gave, I gave Teddy the mic. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Angela's also say. kind of here, but she's not really here. She's like here. Maybe she'll chime in every once in a while. We'll you see. chime in? Ding. That was our time. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> How's it going, guys? How you doing? Uh. Oh, okay. That good, <laughs> huh? Okay. I mean, y'all know. I guess I'm I'm just frazzled. It's uh-huh. tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you had a very important trash can to buy today. I, uh, <laughs> for the listeners, uh, I'm I'm moving to my very first solo. Uh, residence. Oh, so long. Yeah, I will be living on my own for the first time ever <laughs> at uh, 31. I don't know if that's sad or if that's just 2022 for you, baby. Uh, I, I think it's the latter. Uh, yeah. But it's stressful, guys. It's stressful. There's a whole list of things that I need to buy and things I need to do before the move-in date, and it's just a lot. It's rough. So I'm like... <laughs> If I'm less, if I well, no, if I'm more scattered than usual, I know I'm always scattered. But if I'm extra scattered, <laughs> that's probably why. That's fair. What about you, Chris? What's ailing you? Let's just let's just vent it out. Um, the free therapy, baby. I there's no therapy happening. We're just letting you talk. <laughs> I I already vented earlier uh, during my work day when I got an email that upset me. So I see. I've let it all out already. <laughs> okay. All right. I saw this TikTok of someone who is changing her signature at the bottom of her email to something stupid until her boss notices and she's on like the eighth tiktok and she puts like five or six in a video she just says something completely stupid and it doesn't actually make sense as a sign off at the bottom like um i don't know a catchphrase catchphrase <laughs> at the bottom of the email interesting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like the sign off, like like instead of like thank instead you, instead of or best or thank you, oh, or like crapfully regard, yours. yeah, exactly, <laughs> like crapfully like, yours, accordion, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should start doing that and see. Maybe I will. I'm afraid. No, I already freaked out once when I accidentally left the O out of hello. Uh, when I was writing an email to somebody. <laughs> oh, I did that today with a client, but instead I forgot the H, so I just sounded British. <laughs> I can't tell you how often I'm typing just a sec and I miss the C and hit the X. Yeah. Oh, no. And I just hit end. I just wildly hit enter right yeah. after that. Well. Hey, I'll be with you in just a sec. So it'll just <laughs> it'll take me three seconds. <laughs> I'll be right with you. <laughs> Mwah. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Can't say goodnight. We still have to talk about episode six of Miss Marvel. No normal. Directed by Adil and Bilal. Written by Will Dunn, AC Bradley, and Matthew Chauncey. Hey, when I was putting that in the notes, I think that was the first time in this series that AC Bradley and like because that's the usual crew for these Disney Plus series, right? Those writers. Uh, there's there's been a different set of writers in every uh, but their series, but, but they're AC there a Bradley, lot. 
has been in multiple writers' rooms. I forget which other shows. Gotcha. Uh, what if I think actually? I just found it interesting that uh, that this series in particular had a lot of new writers that we had not heard of before in the Disney Plus like circle. I guess. Yeah. I and then this that. very last one, this finale episode, was the people that have been kind of involved with all of them. It's a good call, Chris. She was involved in What If. There we go. And she was also in, involved with Troll Hunters, Tales of Arcadia. <laughs> Arcadia, right. excuse me. Were they in a lot of What If then? I just remember their names I think AC Bradley was lot. maybe the head writer of yeah, What If. Yeah, AC Bradley was in. So that's why you've heard her name a lot. Yeah, uh, okay. She was in one, two, three, four, five, six episodes of What If. Gotcha. Okay, okay. So, so we, we said her name a lot. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And she has been in so uh, three episodes of Miss Marvel. She re- did the teleplay. Oh, okay. Yeah, What? okay, there's another. Let me show you how dumb I am, everybody. What does teleplay mean? Okay, so the Writers Guild, I've kind of alluded to this before. Teleplay means wrote the actual script. So maybe it's from a story that they broke with multiple writers or different writers, and then that one person gets credit for the actual script that was used. Gotcha. So it's like, it's like a screenplay, but for television. Here's another question I had last week that I meant to ask you. Okay. You guys were talking in the patron-exclusive Discord. Yeah. About- Patreon.com slash um, record. About the Percy Jackson series. Yeah. And something called The Volume. The volume what is, is The what, Volume? The Volume is what they filmed The Mandalorian in. It's that- They film volume. Yes, they filmed... Okay, so the volume is like this studio. Uh, Have you watched any of the the behind-the-scenes stuff of Mandalorian? Okay. No. It's worth watching just for the tech stuff, I think, because it's this this soundstage that has these really high-powered LED screens, and what they do is they can render in real time the background. So, like, if it's set in the desert, for example... They put out some actual physical rocks, but the whole landscape behind them is rendered in real time on that screen. So it's all captured in camera, huh? which allows them to use that for lighting uh, as well. Um, it's really impressive. So the uh, actors are can some... see this too. Yes, the actors can see it too. The trick, though, is... Okay, have you ever paid attention okay no. so you know the um <laughs> the spider-man ride at uh, islands of adventure <laughs> all right all right the amazing i'm Adven- just being honest with all you right. so in the amazing adventures of spider-man what uh, are we talking islands about? of adventure yeah yes the screens it let's say that your car broke down but the uh, like you know it's supposed to move through and your car stopped but the movie kept playing. Yeah. You would see that like the angle would change. Because yeah, it'd be weird because it's supposed to go with you. So in the volume, now granted it's curved, so I think it minimizes this a little bit, but it it's is tied bad. with, what's that? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> the, um... Is this like Weekend at Angela's right Damn. now? <laughs> <laughs> Did you die? <laughs> 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 sorry. I'm sorry. The point is the um, they call it squinching, but the background will squinch to go with the cameras. <laughs> I didn't make it up. You can take it up with Terry Coop, all right, and uh, and Scott Trowbridge. Um, <laughs> that makes me want a um, 
that makes me want an ice pop. Yeah, is it is the screen made up of exclusively Squitcher's Quenchers? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, the point is the volume is a fancy sound stage with a magic computerized background, and they're using it for a lot of the Disney Plus shows, uh, particularly the Star Wars shows, uh, but they've actually started using it in some films as well, including Thor Love and Thunder. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, We've all seen that, right? Yeah. Okay, so, hey, listeners, we're not planning on spoiling anything. But it is on the table (laughs) that we could. (laughs) So if you hear a random goat scream. (laughs) Did it quietly because... I mean, he's I already mean, awake. He's screaming. Yeah. So he's doing his own oh, he, goat oh, scream. He's, he's tooth natural over there. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the whole problem. Yes, it is. You know what's not a problem? Rachel Page over at Marvel.com. Thank the you, lovely Rachel. Rachel Page. Love you, Rachel. Writing the synopsis for us this week. Not for us, but we are going to use it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's wrote it for all of us, and we choose to use it for our podcast. That is correct. Following the explosion, Circle Q is a mess. Agent Deaver surveys the scene and complains that this is what happens when kids get powers. First off, uh, this lady sucks. <laughs> yeah, who? Why do we care about her? You guys said she was in Spider Man, right? No, the guy no. was. Oh, the guy. The guy's was. in Spider Man. Okay. She was in Orange Is the New Black. <laughs> okay, she Orange. Is, she is the, the warden <laughs> of the prison. Orange is my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he your alternate universe counterpart? Yes, that's true. For the what if? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's eight three eight. Um, she does suck. Peaches. And I and and I was gonna say I like I don't like, but I think this was well written when she says that line and the dude's like, "Oh, when the wrong people get yeah, powers." Yeah, and and he's like, "What do you mean by that?" And she's like, "Kids, you no, know she, she didn't, didn't mean yeah. kids, you know, like I I hate it, but yeah. it was well written because that's pretty realistic." Yeah. Talking to another damage control agent, damage control agent, she instructs them to lock the city down and bring them in before anyone else gets hurt. Yeah, just lock down all of Jersey City. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> Easy. Speaking of kids, Bruno and Comron are on the run trying to figure out where to head next. Comron is injured, and they're both a little shaken as they trudge through a subway car. After he grabs one of the subway poles, his powers activate, which startles him. Bruno tells him not to worry. Kamala freaked out about her powers at first, too. Suddenly, damage control appears in the car with them, and when Kamran accidentally bumps into a passenger trying to get away, he activates his powers. He shoots his own hard light across the car, breaking a window, <laughs> and startling everyone else. What? What's the problem? Peach, what is the, why are you laughing? What's the problem? What's the problem with what I said? <laughs> no problem. No, what is it? Go ahead, explain no, it. Ex- no. Uh, no, no, I clearly don't understand the joke. <laughs> Can just, you please explain it to me? No, I want to know just, what you thinking, think is so funny. I was just thinking of something unrelated. Oh, something completely unrelated had to what to I just said. nothing to do with shooting his hard light <laughs> at all. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> over at the Khan household, Kamala has an announcement to make. Gathering the whole family together, Muniba, Yusuf, Amir, and Taisha, she first apologizes for a laundry list, uh, a long laundry list of things, like ruining the wedding and sneaking out to AvengerCon. But then Muniba cues her to speed it up. Okay, so here goes. Kamala wants everyone to know that she is the light girl. The what, Amir asks? Kamala has to clarify that she met Nightlight, and the whole family is shocked. Just kidding, they all knew. Uh, well, not that shocked. <laughs> I liked this part because this did remind me of that thing that I've mentioned in three of our recordings now. Yeah. The, oh, we knew the whole time. Mm-hmm. Although it wasn't the same because they were like, 
No, I told your dad, and he told your brother. And yeah, yeah. isn't that just like a family though? Yep. I, I don't oh, know if your yeah. family's like that, but that's like I'll tell like one of my siblings something, and then I'll go to my family's house the next day, and everyone will know. It's <laughs> very much like a family. It's also very much like being a friend who is friends with a couple. You cannot tell one without the other knowing. It's impossible. There's just, no lying. It's not a. It's not yeah. a dig. It's just. Yeah, no. It is what it is. It's basically true. true yeah. It's true. It, like they. Ev- they both know everything. That's yep. the point of a relationship to gossip with the other person it's about true. all the things you hear. That yeah? is true. <laughs> the your the number one uh, purpose of being in a relationship is to gossip with the other person. It's true. <laughs> and go in on buying couches together. That's true. Yep. The two most important things <laughs> one can find. <laughs> Listeners, I hope you find your gossip and couch partner someday. <laughs> Oh, for some reason you kind of sounded like Paul Rudd just now. Did he? He to has me. a podcast. Yeah. Okay. It'd be cool if he was on our podcast. Oh, dude. I'd be too busy sobbing the whole time. You would fangirl <laughs> so hard. So you would not be able to concentrate. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to hold it together. Especially yeah. now that we're in person, he'd have to be in Bro, wherever be, we're recording. I'd be like covered in sweat the whole time, <laughs> just like you, profusely. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is a fantasy, so there's no reason that we can't be like nope, this. Nope, if have it was a fantasy, here. we wouldn't be recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Keep reading. Uh, where was I? Muniba already told Yusuf, and since Yusuf takes all of his calls on speaker, Amir and Taisha okay, overheard the conversation. Detail. I that agree. It's just convenient. It's true. Him defending it, too. It's <laughs> so good. This is not new information to them, and they've got 100 questions. However, Yusuf is worried about his daughter and her newfound powers and recognition. Kamala, this is just so incredible. I, for one, am so proud of you. We are all in awe of you. But I just want to be sure you're being careful out there. I mean, just because you can do all these amazing things doesn't mean that you're actually volunteering to go looking for trouble. But Kamala has an answer to this. I don't think you raised me to sit behind and do nothing when I can help people. I also really enjoyed um, her mom at one point looks over to her dad and she's like, we trust you. And it's because like, if you remember in the first mm-hmm. episode where they were like, she was like, don't you trust me? And her mom specifically said, no, <laughs> yeah. her dad said yes. And her mom said, no, no, we don't trust you. But in this episode, she like has come full circle and now trusts her. I'm just very excited for going forward, having a superhero with a supportive family. I think that's just going to be such a great dynamic. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I agree. So more importantly, her family trusts her. I swear that's how this is written. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally. But this, is ga- but this gathering is interrupted when Nakia calls Amir. Puzzled, he hands the phone to Kamala, who jumps on the phone with her. Kamala is so excited to see her best friend, but Nakia has no time for chat- chit-chat. Uh, has Kamala heard from Bruno? Because the circle queue exploded. Frantic, Kamala starts trying to call Bruno, but he doesn't pick up. As she paces back and forth across her room, Muniba enters with a surprise. And this is where Eduardo takes his first victory lap of the episode. Go for it, buddy. Because handing her daughter a toffee box, Kamala opens it up to find a brand new outfit inside. This feels a bit more like you, Muniba says, as Kamala stares at the blue, gold, and red pattern she puts it on and takes off running above the streets of New Jersey City. I don't know why I said new. Uh, on her hard light platforms, of course. I was right. 
There's not a lot more to say, honestly, <laughs> but I was right. Her mother made the costume. And I think it was a really sweet moment. And yeah. I think it made sense in the context of everything. Mm-hmm. I yeah, agree. I loved it. I'm glad we finally got it. I still wish they hadn't revealed the costumes so far ahead of time. I agree. And I get that also, you know, she's on that new show on the Disney Wish, the cruise line she is, yeah. dinner show. So they already kind of showed off her in action yep. and everything. But I it was still cool. I don't think it would do that much harm if, uh, like, as a whole, if uh, Disney started using in, like, their stills the first outfit of the superhero every time. Because they did this with Hawkeye, too. They put Kate Bishop and Clint in their outfit from the final episode where yeah. it had, like, the sleek purple and, like, all the, like the really cool. And then you didn't see that until the last episode, and then it's all, it's totally ruined. And I'm thinking about, again, we've talked about this before, you go back to when we watched Daredevil, and you don't get that costume until the very end. Right. And whether or not you liked it just being in a scene at the very end is different but it at least wasn't ruined for you by being an image like on the platform that you just saw all the time you know i don't know i think i think it'd be cooler if they left those things alone until like you can change it over if you want the one that you have right now and have had for six episodes just wait until episode six drops and then change it i think the problem they have there are several problems and one of the big ones is the internet exists in a different form than when marvel first kind of started doing its thing. And so it is much harder to keep some of these things under wraps than it used to be. I mean... But try. Sure, but, like, there will always be people who, like, take a photo of a toy and, you know, leak it that way or find creative ways to leak these kind of costumes and stuff. And that's fine, but I'm not going to seek those things out. So I might not see them until... The episode. Yeah, there's a difference between leaks and official releases. Fair. I, I yeah, I think there is a distinction there. And then you, it's true. Of but... course, you do have those. You know, that thing that happened to Robbie, where he's like browsing an unrelated Reddit thread, and then boom, there's a video of the here's, spoiler here's of Endgame. Tony Stark dying. Yeah, like that can happen for sure, but you know, at least try. You know. Yeah. Not knowing where else to go, Bruno takes Comron to the mosque. Nakia is not happy to find them there, but this is absolutely where Damage Control is going to look first. A plan is hatched, and when it's clear, Bruno and Comron are going to head to the high school since that's the only place guaranteed to be empty on a Saturday. That logic no. doesn't track, uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Sure enough, Damage Control shows up at the mosque and demands to see everyone's IDs, but this is not the first time a government agent has stormed into the building. And Sheikh Abdullah and everyone else are at the ready with their identification. Feeling like they're stalling for time, Agent Deaver brushes past them and starts barking orders about where to look. Nakia tries to create a diversion. Is it Nakia or Nakia? I keep saying it's both. Nakia. Nakia. And, and Nakia is, is Black Panther. Uh huh. Nakia tries to create a diversion, which actually works, even though she mumbles that Miguel is her boyfriend. Hey, he won't fight that. Hey, why didn't they need a warrant this time? <coughs> Probable cause? I don't know. They still... In this fake universe... Oh, yeah, and the, with this fake department of the government. With this fake department of the government, there could be, because they are, you know, it's like the FBI, you know, like, uh, I think a regular police force will have a lot more trouble not having warrant warrant than, like, the FBI, you know what I mean? Uh, sure. 
Thankfully, Bruno and Comron stay hidden long enough to escape out the side and duck into an alleyway. That's when Kamala drops in, literally from overhead. <laughs> Kamala immediately checks, uh, starts checking in on Bruno, but it's Comron everyone has to worry about. He's overcome with his powers and not knowing how to control them, lets it all loose, sending things flying in the alleyway. Kamala and Bruno manage to help him up and the three escape down the street together. What is it? <laughs> Peach, what's going on? Nothing's funny. It's I'm very serious. Everybody can hear you laughing. You have to explain yourself at some point. Mm-hmm. Or we I leave it mysterious. <laughs> the mystery. Ooh. Finally making it to the high school, Kamala sends Bruno and Kamran in ahead of her while she makes a phone call. Kareem picks up on the other end and Kamala explains that she needs help. Specifically, Kamran needs help. She knows Kamran is the last person Kareem would ever want to help because he's related to a clandestine. But Kareem understands. <laughs> Angela keeps chiming in. <laughs> making the ding sound like you did. Yeah. But Kareem understands. He'll see really what he can do. Kamran <laughs> just has to make it to the harbor by midnight. The British are coming. Uh, once inside the high school, the three of them are joined by Nakia, who takes one look at Kamala's new outfit and bitterly jokes if it was made in Pakistan. Kamala immediately starts apologizing to her best friend and tries to explain that since Nakia hates superheroes, she didn't want Nakia to hate her too. Realizing how fearful Kamala was about this, Nakia reassures her that she could never hate her. Bruno happens to look outside and sees that damage control has the place surrounded. Kamran knows what he that he's the only one they're looking for since he blew up Circle Q. And Kamala, uh, Kamala, Kamala, Kamala. God damn it! <laughs> and Kamala tells everyone that they should leave so they don't get roped into this too. But Bruno reminds them. Bruno. Bruno. Okay. Reminds them. That's a tough day for names. Aluma, what are you? <laughs> That's my line, buddy. Uh, yeah, I really thought you were going to say it earlier. But Bruno reminds them that they already blew up his apartment. And Naki is upset because they invaded the mosque. And also, Zoe confesses that Damage Control tried to pick her up, uh, tried to trick her into giving Kamala up, excuse me. And also, Zoe's at the school because the lighting in the theater is really good, in case you were wondering. Uh, I thought that was incredibly stupid that she was there. (laughs) I was like, what is she doing? Yeah, what a weird uh, way for her to just like, oh, I'm still in the show, guys. Yeah. We want... She want they. This is how they had to introduce her as part of the circle of friends for next season. Right, I agree. So. I don't know how she continues on in the run, but that is true. Like after the first run, I mean, that is true. She kind of like comes around and stops being racist, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and is like, "Hey, I'm really sorry uh, for being racist. Yeah, yeah, thanks for saving my life. I want to be your friend." Yeah, so. they just went ahead and made her not racist from the beginning here. Yeah, that's so nice of them. Yeah, like, yeah. It's it's just like when they made Hank Pym not a wife beater, you know, a real upgrade from the comics. Yeah. <laughs> no one's leaving. They're all in this together. Okay, so what's the plan? Since damage control is already here, they can't outrun them, so they'll distract them. It's a good plan, according to Amir, because yeah, he's here too. Oh yeah, that was also nice. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> I did not enjoy Zoe showing up, but I did enjoy Amir showing up. <laughs> Muniba sent him to watch over Kamala, which she immediately protests because superheroes don't need chaperones. Okay. Have you met Tony Stark? Back to the plan. They're going to need supplies like hoodies, skeletons, fire extinguishers, softballs, and also Zoe's phone. 
The first part of the plan is to simply stall damage control. The second part of the plan is to have Zoe livestream everything happening to all her followers. As for damage control, Agent Deaver calls Agent Cleary with the good news that they're closing in on the enhanced individuals. However, clearly, Cleary isn't thrilled that this is happening in front of a high school as there is such a thing as bad press. Though he tells Agent Deaver to stand down, she goes against his orders and orders her agents to move in on the school. I am... Sorry, I'm happy that this scene is about to happen, but I'm, like, confused on the motivation of Agent Deaver because why is she just like, I'm going to go rogue? Uh, Have you ever heard the the acronym ACAB? <laughs> yes, I have. All right. Well, yeah. we're done here. <laughs> All uh, um, Department of Damage Control are a- bad. AFAB. All federal agents are bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is it a fab? A fob. A fob. <laughs> a fob. Oh, <laughs> it's how I get into my office every morning. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Remember offices? <laughs> Banana bread at work. Inside the school, much is discussed. Uh, Nakia quizzes Zoe as to why she didn't say anything about Kamala's powers. I think Kamala should be able to tell the school when she's ready. Elsewhere, Kamala confesses to Bruno that Kamran's mom died in Karachi, something she shouldn't tell him right now, and Amir wonders if Kamran even likes really reality cooking competitions. Oh yeah, that was great. Like, do we even watch the Great British Bake Off? <laughs> but that's when damage control breaches the school and the plan is on. The first thing damage control comes across is Bruno's Zuzu, and not knowing what it is, they destroy it. On the second floor of the building, Kamran yells at the agents down below, and they spot him wearing a red hat and sweatshirt. Turns out everyone is wearing the same outfit in order to confuse damage control, and the agents wonder if Kamran has multiplying powers. He does not. Meanwhile, Zoe goes live on her social media account telling everyone that damage control has her and her friends surrounded and they need help. Did anyone else think... Ow! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you guys are laughing at. You're on his couch. I know. <laughs> uh, did anyone else think that when um, they had the like shirts and hoodies, that when she went live, she was going to tell everyone else to grab a shirt and hoodie? Oh, that would have been cool. That's oh, when they were all going to come into he, the school. Well, they were all going to be like outside around the school, so that everyone when they in escaped, Jersey City. Uh, I, I thought she was going to like do a live to the school, the students of the school, and then everybody that would come out would have that jer- the the jacket and, and hat. That uh, would have been a good idea. You should have been there with them. God damn it. Why weren't you in the writer's room? I want to be in the room where it happened. It's because it's on the helicarrier. Yeah. That's exactly where the writer's room would be. <laughs> on the helicarrier. That's where that kind of work is happening. Yep. Sorry. That sounds fun to me. Yeah, it sounds fun to me too. Yeah, it would, you bunch of nerds. Nerd! <laughs> Get a load of the nerd. It's We're com- also going to put out a sound effect. Yeah, album. sample sample that noise, and you can track three. <laughs> yeah, do it up to the mic so they can hear the. Ch- yeah, ASMR. Yeah, yeah. Pour that Baja Blast. Right here. That was so satisfying. That sounded so good. We're leaving that in, baby. That oh, sounded that was so, so satisfying. This is so going to be like our most unhinged episode. <laughs> Ever? We're over here having Baja Blast I warned cocktails. everybody at the beginning that I was going to be scattered, and I think it spread. <laughs> oh, no. 
It's complete chaos in the school, too. (laughs) (laughs) The group has barricaded as many things as they can and ride around on bikes using the smoke from the fire extinguishers to create an even larger distraction. Kamala's science project gone wrong traps some of the agents, encasing them in foam. She and Kamran then duck into the school counselor's office as damage control agents close in on them, thinking they've been discovered. The agents are called away at the last second, only to reveal that Kamran and Kamala have been holding hands this entire time, both glowing with their Noor energy. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at that. <laughs> what is, what is so funny yeah, with was, you two? Okay, what's funny about What's so that one? funny no, about no, this? Just like this ooh, writing. They're glowing with Noor energy. <laughs> it just sounds like a weird euphemism. <laughs> a sexy mental prism. <laughs> That's a Bo Burnham lyric. Okay. Still with me? Kamala asked him. To which Kamran replies. Always was. And that's when they lean in to kiss. And that's exactly the moment Bruno rushes into the room, too, and sees what he just interrupted. Sad. The love angle. Damn. (laughs) All right. Okay. So, in this scenario, Bruno is like Michael, and Kamran is like Raphael. And I'm going to have to go with Raphael again, guys. I'm sorry. Okay. Bruno's my boy. I like Bruno, but I also like the idea. You my problem with these characters of the, the Michael uh, 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 archetype of character what are is you that they're about not. Right now? Jane the Virgin. Oh. So there's there are two characters in Jane the Virgin that are comparable to these two in this one specific scenario. Okay. And uh, this whole love triangle thing. Kamala's uh, Jane. Love angle. Yes. Um, and my problem with the Bruno Michael characters. Is that they're like, they're like too perfect. They're like too good. They're not real people. They don't. Feels like they never make mistakes. They never. They they don't feel real. Uh, Raphael, I really like in Jane the Virgin. I like Comron in here as well because they're real. They make mistakes. They do dumb things because that's how real people are. They, they they are imperfect. Bruno's a nerd. What are you talking about? Yeah, but Bruno is like maybe a little too nice he's a little naive in his 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 niceness and that's you know do you think bruno's the kind of person that's saying like nice guys finish last because i don't think he is do i think like bruno's an incel no okay good you have a delivery you know the jane the virgin parallels are really working for me are they (laughs) yeah you know especially you know they had all those stylistic stuff you know especially in the first episode um the main character's dad is the best character on the show uh, it 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 all fits. Yeah. Um. Oh gosh, what else? I, I mean, texting is a big part of it. They they text all the time on Jane the Virgin. They do. Hi, Teddy. They oh, show the text. Watched Angela's eyes get real big when she tasted that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way. I forgot to tell you. It looks like uh, ecto cooler. <laughs> It's like a radioactive green. The first time I saw this drink was after Bailey posted in our group chat that like video of her with that toy that was encased in green slime. <laughs> and then like the next thing she posted was this drink. And I was like, did you make a drink out of that shit? <laughs> this is pretty good, though. It is, huh? Bruno takes a split second to process everything and then tells Kamala and Kamran to run. In an effort to distract the agents, he begins dancing to music as they jump and apprehend him. They don't just they don't just apprehend him. They clock the shit out of Bruno. So, yeah. I think that is the scene. I mean, probably the whole 
agents invading a school in the first place. But I think that specifically is the scene where the warning at the beginning of the episode oh, yeah. is issued for. Pretty much whenever there's violence in a school, we're going to get that warning. Yeah. It's also not realistic no because if it was realistic, those agents wouldn't have gone in there for another 30 to 45 minutes. Or Whoa. they would have just shot him. Wow. Yeah, they would have gone in faster because Kamal and Cameron. That's a good point. Good point. Yeah. If it were just Bruno. No, yeah, they would have, would have taken been, their time. Yeah. We're all... Wow, it's awkward no matter how you spin What it. a fun yeah. night this is. <laughs> we are wildly swinging between tones. <laughs> is it clear our feelings on America in this episode? <laughs> Elsewhere. Uh, Nakia rides around the gym on a bike, confusing all the agents before joining up with Amir and uh, Zoe. Though their plan to shoot damage control with softballs initially works, the group is quickly captured. Yeah, because they forgot that they might come down the other end of the hallway, too. <laughs> who, kn- who knew that hallways have two sides to them? God. Kamala who and Kamran <laughs> rush down a hallway as Kamala explains that she's got a friend who can help him out. Kamran immediately knows she's talking about the Red Daggers, and he protests this. The Red Daggers have been fighting his family for generations, so why should he trust them now? Kamran asks Kamala what happened to his mother. Before she can answer, two damage control agents crash through the building. Kamran, frustrated, immediately blasts the agent with his hard light, but Kamala stops it. As they continue running... um, Kamala tries to explain that Najma was trying to destroy everything, and Kamran notes that she was trying to save his home. After asking again, Kamala tells him she's sorry, and he knows what that means. His mother is dead. Chris, I want to talk about this, because you did say last week you would hate, you do not like villains, that if you told them what happened, they'd be like, oh, okay. And this kind of feels like that. Yes, because when she finally got to tell him for real, he did calm down. I think they actually, they made it work in this it wasn't overly contrived for me. Like I was fine with it, I think, because they were being chased by federal agents, so she didn't get to tell him the whole story. I also would maybe argue that Kamala does feel a sense of guilt over yeah. the, the death of, of Najma because it's her bangle and she wasn't able to, to, to close the gates or whatever. She wasn't able to stop her. So she maybe she feels like a sense of responsibility because of Yeah, that. and I think... The fact that it's really kind of a short-lived villainy and that like when he hears the full truth and realizes what happens, he kind of calms down a little bit and is like, all right, I'm going to get out of here. It worked for me. You know, if they... Where I would have been upset is if they had left it at that and like set him up to be like the big bad for the next season or something. I would have been really annoyed. It does feel like he still could be. Yeah, you see, he is in kind of an ambiguous place now, but it, but it, that would not be the sole motivation. So, I, you know, I'm interested to see. I'm assuming they're not done with his character yet. So mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, you know, what what stories may lie in his future still. And he could be one of those gray goes either way kind of characters, which could be interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hi, Teddy. Peach is going to talk like this the rest of the episode. Damn, Peach has got hit in the peaches. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>
As more agents move in on them, Comron turns the corner and begins fighting with them with everything he's got. Destroying the hallway and toppling over the lockers. In an effort to stop him, Kamala grabs him, but it's no use. He runs away. Blasting out of the doors at the school, Comron comes face to face with dozens of damage control agents. Agent Deaver instructs him to get on his knees, but instead Comron powers up. The agents begin shooting at him, and he's able to deflect many of the bullets, but not all of them. Kamala jumps out a window and gets in between Comron and the agents, creating a shield to try and save him. Kamala is able to hold off the agents, but not for long. Deaver brings out an even bigger weapon to fire at them, and it completely blasts Kamala and Comron away. As the weapon powers up, Kamala says the magic word. And begin. I got so excited. Man. I I didn't mark it down in the notes to talk about this, but I do want to gush about this for a second because I just was really satisfied that she got to say it. And then she immediately like, you know, we were worried about it from episode one and it seemed like they were at first totally changing her powers. And then it was like a mix of these hard light powers. And sometimes she made her hands big, but not really. And then at the end of this episode, (laughs) just, Teddy just vaulted off of my crotch. <laughs> uh, at the end of this episode. That's my favorite Fallout Boy song. <laughs> Yo, that better be on their next album. <coughs> Teddy just vaulted off my crotch in my Abercrombie jeans. Um, <laughs> she finally got like big hands and long legs. Yes. Like she did the whole the whole thing. And she said in Biggin, and I might have to apologize to everybody who was excited about Avengers Assemble, because I was like the one person that was like, uh, okay, yeah, Cap said that in Endgame, but it was really cheesy. They were already assembled. Yeah, I, but I think that's the difference, right? Like the, the I do like Assemble, but it does give you, it, the, you, you can scratch your head out of it a little bit because he says Avengers Assemble after they're already there. Well, I think if I'm remembering this sequence correctly, Kamala says in Biggin after her hand is already big with hard light. Her hand is like starting to get big. Oh, okay. And then she like kind well, of does everything else. Well, then fine. Yeah. Fine. I'm happy about it, and I'm not going to apologize to everybody. You can Hell still yeah. apologize. Yeah, no, no I won't. No, I'm not won't. going to. Pete's just taking a stand. Uh, uh, <laughs> Avengers Assemble was cheesy, and they were already assembled, and it wasn't cool, and in Biggin was cool. So take that, haters. Yeah, yeah we're going to change the intro to this whole show, and the last <laughs> thing it'll be... I wouldn't hate it. Kamala stretches and grows double her height and stops the weapon from firing again, throwing cars here and there to slow damage control down. But she's still Kamala after all and double checks on some of the agents nearby asking them if they're okay. Yes, Miss Night Lady, they reply back, and Kamala groans. She's trying to drop the Night Light name. I called her Night Lady. It was Night Light. It's fine. Night Lady would have been good, too. No. No, it wouldn't. No. Wouldn't. No. She's not a lady of the lady night. Lady of the night. <laughs> this is the lady of the night. <laughs> Why is this episode so difficult? Uh, so while Kamala I'm having a great time. is trying to slow down damage control, Kamran is preparing to fight them head on. He takes out a few Apply agents directly his... to the forehead. 
He takes out a few agents with his hard light powers, and that's when Agent Deaver moves over to apprehend him. He tosses a car at her, but it misses and goes flying towards the crowd of onlookers off to the side. A crowd that includes Kamala's whole family, many members from the mosque, and Zoe's social media followers. Realizing what he's done, there's no time to stop it, but Kamala can. She grabs the car and pulls it away before it can hurt anyone. Oh, Kamala Khan. <laughs> we looked at each other because we both thought it. <laughs> but only you had the courage to say what needed to be said. I'm the one with the drink. <laughs> How dare both of you. <laughs> this is an 87 Honda. <laughs> Was that the right year? I don't know. Uh, 81. 81 Honda. But Comron is still frustrated and upset. As Agent Deaver moves in again, Comron lets his powers completely loose, creating a trail of destruction in his wake. Um, Kamala, using all of her powers and strength, pushes forward to try and stop him and creates a safe bubble for the two of them to talk. Kamala, look around. They're never going to accept me, and they won't accept you either. My mother was right. This isn't my home. Comron tells Kamala. He wonders how he can be normal, and Kamala tries to reason with him. There is no normal, there is just us, and what we do with what we've been given. Kamran realizes that she's right, and after she creates a gateway for him, he heads to the harbor. When Kamala's light shield finally deteriorates, the crowd of onlookers rushes her, creating a giant human blockade, and the Jersey City police join in too, to stop damage control from taking her. With that much distraction... You messed with one of us, you messed with all of us. Yeah, it's That a, is what that reminded me yeah. of. Yeah. With that much distraction... Kamala jumps above the crowd and hurries away on her hard light platforms. And that's when Agent Deaver gets a call from Agent Cleary who instructs her that she's relieved of her duty and someone else is coming to clean up her mess. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to keep quiet until you followed it up with clean up her mess. (laughs) Back home safe and sound. Kamala scrolls through social media seeing dozens of posts celebrating her and how she saved everyone else. With a deep breath, she takes a look at herself in the mirror and realizes what she's been able to accomplish. Kamala climbs out on the roof, and Yusuf joins her out there. He asks her what her superhero name is, but Kamala explains that she's still figuring it out. Yusuf reminds her that we all are. As Yusuf talks, we see just how Kamala has been able to help her friends along the way. Bruno prepares to head off to Caltech. Nakia calls out instructions in the mosque, and Kamran arrives in Karachi to meet Kareem. On the roof, Yusuf continues to explain just how important his daughter is to the family, and mentions that the word Kamala actually means perfect in Arabic, but in Urdu, it means more like wonder or marvel. Hey. I share the same name as Carol freaking Danvers, Kamran cries. Ooh, Kamala cried it. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, Rachel, but you should have written Kamala there. Yusuf does not know who that is. With one last hug to her dad, (laughs) Kamala takes off into the night sky on her hard light platforms. Yusuf watches her go and whispers to himself, magic. One week later, I'm writing a letter nightly. Sorry. (laughs) One week later, Bruno and Nakia pull up in Kamran's car. He left it behind when he fled the country. (laughs) The two begin arguing about who the, the car belongs to, and Nakia insists that it looks better here and in, in Jersey City, Bruno shouldn't take it to Cal. To, I don't know what's happening with me. Bruno shouldn't you take it do to, this. to goddamn Caltech. Okay. <laughs> More importantly, Bruno has to talk to Kamala, 
Amir has been wondering if he has powers too, so Bruno ran some tests. In the simplest terms, Bruno explains, We know why you have access to the Nor and why you can wield it, but when I compared you to the rest of your family, there's something still seemed off. Kamala, there's something different in your genes, like like a mutation. Aluma Wadi? Okay, so that little sting happened, which was really cool. Yes. And I have to tell you this. I almost told you this before we recorded, but I wanted to save it so that I could slanderize my roommate um, publicly. <laughs> You're so, getting slanderized. So, so the next day after he watched it, uh, we were talking about this scene, and I was like, isn't that super exciting? And he's like, how do you know? Like, yeah, he said the word mutation, but like, do we know for sure? And I didn't realize, he told me this today, he didn't hear that musical sting somehow. Oh. So he was just, yeah, they said the word mutation, but that doesn't mean anything. And I'm, first when off, we first had that conversation, I was like, right. what do you mean it doesn't mean anything? And I didn't question him. So today, when he brought this up, He's like, he's sitting on the couch looking at his phone and all of a sudden he goes, oh, and I'm like, what are you owing at? And he goes, I didn't know that that, that the X-Men theme played after Bruno said that. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I yelled again. Are you going to miss those incredible moments when you are in your solo apartment? I'll, sp- I'll still have them, I bet. <laughs> yeah, with Ivy. Ivy, you didn't hear that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was that? Uh, random listener, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Bailey, <laughs> Mambo number five. Bounce, 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 bounce. Do you guys? Where? How do you think they're gonna? Because obviously, leads to the X Men, mutants, whatever. How do you think? Will they? They move. They bring in the X Men from here. I. I'm going to stick with what I've said since the beginning, which is they're going to introduce characters when it makes sense and eventually reveal a team. I think <laughs> he said, he said there will, they will make an X-Men movie when they are good and ready. When they damn and, well, please. They will make characters when it makes yeah, sense. And the then ev- eventually a movie will come out what? because of I'm him. not going to talk to you about this anymore. <laughs> shut up. I didn't mean to I to sound like a, like a frustrated father. I'm sorry. <laughs> he said, let me give you the most generic answer. This is the last time okay. we're going to talk about this. If you'd like this. some specifics, I, I think I said this before, but I would not be surprised if we get Rogue in the Marvels. Uh, we've talked about that, her connection to Carol Danvers. Um, I wouldn't be surprised also if they announce an X-Men movie either at Comic-Con or at D23 sometime in the next month. Uh, those are both coming up. Or maybe Dragon Con. Lockheed is an X-Men. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, I I think we're going to get... Um, you know, there are a lot of rumors, pretty solid rumors, that Namor is going to be in Wakanda forever. Yep. And in the comics, Namor is a mutant. Oh, so. Yeah, it's a, it's very complicated. He was, then he wasn't, then he was again, and all this other stuff. That's that, why he's in that set. That's why he can fly. The Marvel game that you got, the oh, board you're game. Right, you're yeah, right. that's he why he's in, in that there. set. He's half human, half Atlantean, all and also mutant. and also <laughs> and bear pig. Also, he's a mutant. 
they call they call him Marvel's first mutant, um, but only technically because he's the first character that was introduced in Marvel continuity that was then later to re- revealed to be a mutant. But he's existed since before Marvel Comics existed. He right. was he debuted in 1939. So uh, did we ever figure out it was Aquaman that came first? Right? No, no Namor. It was Namor. Namor, it was Namor came first. Yeah. So. And that's why th- there are rumors that they're maybe mixing up his origin a little bit in the movie mm. uh, and making him uh, Mesoamerican instead of Atlantean. You know, they'll make him Samoan? <laughs> no, Polynesian? No. No, because uh, no, the actor... Lot. I, the I believe hair, the actor the that is allegedly playing him is Mexican. Oh, sick. Um, uh, I, I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure he's Mexican, and I think he's of Maya descent. I Again, I could be wrong on that. Uh, but the rumor is that it's going to be more of a like a Mesoamerican, like a uh, a lost undersea city, like in the Gulf or rapture. something. Rapture, yes, Rapture. I chose Rapture. He came from Rapture. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but yes, I I think that we could get acknowledgement that Namor is a mutant, and we're going to start getting more and more characters who maybe ooh, are going to storm. Ooh, is storm. that what you're thinking? Storm yeah. in Wakanda forever. Yeah. Ooh. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be sick. Yeah, if we got Rogue in the Marvels and Storm in Wakanda forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, maybe I, that's how they form. They bits and pieces in different movies, and then yeah. those people get together and form a team. Yeah. That would be sick. Or a revelation that there have been mutants among us all the time, and they've been hidden. And yeah, and then Happy Hogan real goes. Happy's not my real name. It's Scott. Scott <laughs> Summers no. Hogan. <laughs> he shoots laser beams out of his. Do we have to have Cyclops? I honestly, truthfully, I want none of the X Men except for maybe Charles Xavier that we've gotten so far. There is you don't want so many. No, 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 no. What I mean is that that main crew. I I could live without. Um, I could live without. Um, Cyclops. Cyclops. I could live without. Jean Grey, those two especially. Um, I could live without probably Wolverine, even though Wolverine is a cash cow and they would bring Wolverine in immediately. Oh, yeah. But that main group of X-Men, I could live without most of them. The ones no, that we've seen over and over We need and over Wolverine again. so she can team up with Kamala. Oh, yeah. Fair. I just, I want, there's so many X-Men. There's so many cool X-Men. that it's, A few of them they've touched on once or twice that they could do really cool stories with. And I just don't want another, oh my goodness, it's Scott and he's in love with Jean Grey yeah, and she that's becomes true. the Phoenix and we do this whole They've thing all over They've tried Dark Phoenix again. twice and it hasn't worked yet. Right. Yeah, I feel like though that they need to use some handful of the popular ones. They will, but you could leave out, you could probably have Cyclops. You'd probably have both of them, but not have them be as like, yeah. as central of characters. The and, pro- My problem sure. with the X-Men movies is that Every movie devolved into the two of them and Wolverine in some way. Yeah. I wouldn't mind it if they used the Phoenix Force as a cosmic entity, but not doing Dark Phoenix. Sure. You know, introduce the Phoenix Force in like Guardians of the Galaxy or something. I need a Marvel, know? an MCU level Nightcrawler. Yeah. Oh, I want yeah. a good ass Nightcrawler. An ass Nightcrawler. I don't know what that is. You I don't want to find out. <laughs> um, <laughs> to be fair, I really liked Nightcrawler in X2. Yeah, yeah. Alan Cumming was great as yeah. Nightcrawler. That first scene. What was he doing? <laughs> we don't talk about that. All right. Um, that first scene of that movie. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. This is, this is going to date me. Um, on Comcast On Demand, X2 dropped, and I watched the opening scene of X2 probably 15 or 20 times in a row. That's how much I liked that scene. A very good scene. Him just kicking everyone's ass in the Oval Office. Let's go. Yeah. 
Um, have we talked about what the uh, mutant status quo is in the comics right now? No. All right. So brief, brief, brief primer. Um, they live on an island. The island is a mutant. And this island, Krakoa, <laughs> is a sovereign nation that has been uh, recognized by the UN and the nations of the world. So the mutants, all the bad mutants now work, live all together with all the good mutants. So like, Isn't the, that kind of how it is in um, that Scarlet Witch storyline? Um, well, House of M? It's, it was before House of M. Mm. Because they do a similar... House of L? Mutant... No, because it's not like a fake. It is like a mutant sanctuary. Okay, well, they've tried before because there's Genosha. Genosha, that's what yeah. I'm thinking of. Yeah, so Genosha didn't quite work out. So now they all live in Krakoa, and they have their own society, their own religion. Um, like Magneto and Xavier and Apocalypse and Mr. Sinister and everyone, they all work together now. And Can I get like an office style show of those guys <laughs> yes, all yes, working please. together to run the, this island? Um, they have mutant orgies. Um, <laughs> More it, it is it is strongly implied that uh, Wolverine and Scott and Jean are a throuple. Uh, are you sure that. you don't want them in the story? <laughs> He's like, now I do. <laughs> I mean, if they're going to go throuple route, I'm in. Um, and they can't die because they'll just regrow their bodies and put their memories into them. Yeah, so uh, so now the story is that they are really Wait, they their can't own die. society. Yeah. Why can't they die? No, because if they die, then they just revive them. Who revives them? The leaders of Krakoa, like Xavier. They like have these pods that grow their bodies. Yeah, That's it's, weird. It's wild stuff. It is absolutely wild. Every mutant in the world is welcome to live there like as a, as a citizen. Not all of them have chosen to. Um but the option is there, so it could be interesting. If so they this just is Rapture, right? At, kind of. Um, and it, it, like it was revealed that Moira McTaggart is uh, who? Moira. Moira. Yeah. And me wee baby Patrick. Yeah, Patrick Stewart. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she's a it's mutant Bioshock. too. It turns out. Um, now I'm thinking of the meme of Patrick Stewart in Multiverse of Madness when he grinds on the <laughs> rail. Doctor. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, if the mutants are living separately from society completely, uh, then that opens up one an explanation for why they didn't participate in the Infinity War at all. Um, they were doing their own thing. Two, it opens up stories down the line where Kamala can feel pulled between two worlds because we already know that she's going to be accepted by the Avengers and everything. Like she's gonna be pally with them and then she's gonna find out oh there's this whole other world that maybe i belong to much like Comron. uh so you know some interesting story potential down the line there parallel to the you could also like add in like the sokovia accords to that like yeah people saw what was happening with the sokovia accords were like i don't want to like get like imprisoned yeah that's yeah. true you know that's a, that would be a good reason for them to like keep their powers yeah. secret yeah kind of what they did on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too and with the humans. are any listeners thinking, why isn't Eduardo taking a victory lap here? Don't worry. I didn't forget. I predicted this a couple episodes ago, and I'm going to take my second victory lap here. You're all welcome for my wonderful knowledge. I don't know what he's talking about. The mutant thing. I talked about this a couple episodes ago. I don't remember that. 
I did, yeah. I said, wouldn't it be cool if they made her a mutant? Because it'd be funny. Because instead of her being an inhuman and them trying to oh, push yeah, in humans, yeah. they're pushing mutants instead. I said this a couple episodes. Oh, I, yeah. I believe that... you. I, I did this. Kamala stares at Bruno for a second. <laughs> I made this. <laughs> I'm sure how to answer. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's just going to be another label. She shrugs and asks for Kamran's car keys. That's when Bruno realizes that Nakia has swiped his car keys, and with a laugh, they all pile into Kamran's vehicle and drive away. Sometime later, Kamala collapses on her bed, with her mother calling from downstairs that it doesn't sound like she's doing science homework. Kamala groans, and that's when she notices the bangle on her wrist is illuminating. As she gets up to take a better look, she's suddenly sucked away via some unknown force, which in the process destroys her closet door. When the dust settles, Captain Marvel stands up and takes one look around Kamala's room and all the pictures, posters, and images of her plastered on the walls. Oh no. So this got some confusion out on the internet. I don't know if you guys saw the confusion. There are people wondering whether or not this was Carol Danvers or it was Kamala shape-shifting into Carol Danvers as she does in the comics. Mm -hmm. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah, this is initially, I kind of thought that was the thing. I need to clear my throat. Hold on. Moves my mic, <laughs> moves head away from mic to come. Thank you for moving away from the mic. We definitely didn't hear that. <laughs> that was I. I was confused about that at first because, and I did talk about this. I think in our episode one or two or something, where when she first gets the powers, she doesn't think that Jersey City would take kindly to a brown. She says a brown girl doing superhero work, and so she shapeshifts when she's superheroing to a different version of Captain Marvel at the time. Yeah, with like Ms. The, Marvel. Yeah, Ms. Mar- the, with yeah. the, I think it's, does she sometimes go by Moonstone or is that like the bad version of Ms. Marvel? Uh, Moonstone Marvel. is someone else, I think. Okay, but she, she shapeshifts to like blonde hair, white skin. Yeah, it, it was like, Carol in her in one of her Ms. Marvel costumes. Yeah, and, and eventually she, you know, it comes to terms with, no, people are going to like me for me. So that's Happy why... Cow. At first, I was like, did she just shapeshift into Captain Marvel? But then when Carol looks around the room and is like, oh, God, I think that's the cue that it well, is not she, Kamala. She never sees herself. No, she doesn't look in the mirror. She right. looks at the pictures of her on the wall right. and is like, yuck. She got the ick. Right. Uh, so that's cool. I'm excited. I know we I like. I also predicted this, but also. We all said that she was going to show up. Exactly. It, it's it's like the the coldest take of all time. We can take a group lap. W- yeah, we Mop we're gonna we're gonna group lap this one because yeah. we uh, predicted the thing that was the most easy to predict <laughs> thing you could have possibly predicted. Yeah, a stork's is, a stork, baby. <laughs> which is Ms. Marvel will return in the Marvels, right? But it's cool. I don't know. I thought the mutant thing was a little bit more exciting. It was cool to see Brie Larson there, but uh, it's not anything we didn't already know. I guess it kind of sets up how they like connect with each other. Uh-huh. You also, um, Chris, are you going to talk about the, the bangles? Oh yeah. I've and, got, um, I've got some theories. Yeah. Cincinnati um, bangles. Should yeah. I do it now? Or do you want to do it when we talk about our, what do we think is coming next? Oh, you know, uh, let's move on to the next section. Yeah. One second. How do we think this is going to affect the future of the MCU? <laughs> okay. Chris, I have some theories. Um, <laughs> first of all, uh, as we just wanted to throw out, if you remember, when they first found the bangle in the flashback, it was on a blue arm. And we said back then that maybe that was a Kree arm and maybe that is going to link that to Captain Marvel somehow. I'm now between that and, oh, it was just a joke about genies. A blue arm with a bangle on it 
on its arm. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I still think the wah, wah, right. wah, wah. Um, so in the comics, when Marvel, I'm gonna pet the dog while I talk so that he doesn't whine at me. Uh, when Marvel was Captain Marvel, uh, he got trapped in the negative zone, and there was a guy on Earth named Rick Jones who had the Nega Bands. Who? Rick Jones. <laughs> who? He's Rick Jones, bitch. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Rick Jones had the uh, the Nega Bands, which he could activate, and he would switch places with Captain Marvel. So Captain Marvel would come to Earth, and Rick Jones would go to the negative zone where he was encased and and protected. So, what if what the this bangle is kind of like the nega bands and what if she swapped places with carol who was in the negative zone for some reason and the negative zone largely featured in the fantastic four comics what if monica's friend the aerospace engineer is going to be in the marvels Help them get to the negative zone to save Kamala. And it's her friend, Reed Richards. And they're going to introduce the Fantastic Four. You guys see those rumors about um, who's going to play Reed Richards? If that's not true, I I'm have... going to riot. My Our collective theories have to be true yeah. or I'm mad <laughs> yeah. at the MCU. Forever and always. I yeah. did see that, but I don't know who that is. It's the dude from, uh, he's in You, he was in Gossip Girl. He was not in me. <laughs> Oh. I don't know who this random person that keeps <laughs> talking is, but who was he in EZA? He was the the, the woodchuck. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Having recently watched that on this very couch, <laughs> woodchuck Todd. Okay, woodchuck Todd. <laughs> I'm glad That's got John my Krasinski favorite at least panic once. at the disco song. <laughs> or did you say Fallout Boy? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Anyway. It- <laughs> It would be a neat way to introduce the Fantastic Four, the MCU's version of it. I mean, we're getting close, and by close, I mean next year, but next year is close, you know, for a movie coming out and us not knowing anything about yeah. Fantastic Four so far. This uh, this post credit scene was actually, by the way, filmed as part of the shoot for the movie. So Nia DaCosta actually shot this. So I guess we have confirmation that the Jersey City sets and characters are going to be in the movie, cool. which we assumed, but... Yeah. But yeah, so it was filmed as part of the movie, not as part of the show. So we'll probably see this scene again in the movie. Oh, it might be one of those. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I didn't want to say it too loud. That was not a good... Yeah, sorry. All right, so let's go to some, some episode rank, uh, ratings. Excuse me. What are we going to rate the season finale of Miss Marvel? Chris, we'll start with you. Um, I really enjoyed this finale, and I don't know, it was just a lot of fun. It kind of wrapped everything up nicely. Uh, so I, and I know I've kind of done this joke before, I'm doing it again, uh, nine 90s cartoon riffs out of X. So, uh, Peach, I understand that reference. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked this episode. I, um, this might be my favorite of the, uh, favorite finale of the Disney Plus series. Well, uh, 
it's the, close. The it's Loki top finale tier. is real good. Yeah, and it's, the WandaVision finale is real good. Uh, this yeah. is better than the WandaVision finale. I I think this is a top tier finale. Um, I thought the pacing was really well done. It and it also might I might have some bias because I think this was a huge improvement over the last episode. I'm still thinking about that purple skeleton. <laughs> um, and I just you know I got the embiggen, we got the mutation thing. It was just really fun seeing her use her powers in the cool combination of hard light and comic power. So I gave this nine and beginning finales out of 10. Yeah. I'm with you guys. I really enjoyed this episode. I was uh, kind of sad the past maybe episode or two, because I felt like there was kind of a dip in my excitement for the show. Mm -hmm. The first two episodes I was like really into, I thought this stylistically it was very interesting and I really liked kind of the direction they were going and it felt like they went in a different direction the next two episodes. And I was a little, I was a little less hot on it, um, but I think they've kind of pulled it back for this episode for me. So I gave it uh, nine failed softball attacks out of 10. Very nice. So season ratings. Speech will start with you. What are you going to rate this season? Yeah, overall, I really liked this show. I agree with what you just said. I would have liked if they would have kept that like Scott Pilgrim-esque vibe through the whole show instead of just the first few episodes. But overall, this hit really well for me. I think it might be because I really connected with the comic a lot. Um, and I just really like Kamala as a character. And I want to see her keep growing in the MCU. Keep embiggening in the MCU. Ah. <laughs> um, episode five was rough, but I don't think it detracted from the overall score too much. So I gave this nine genetic mutations out of ten. <laughs> Uh, who's next, Eduardo? What'd you do? What'd, what'd you do? <laughs> uh, like I said, the there were a few episodes I think that brought down my score just a little bit. I would have given it a nine if episodes four and five were. Uh, I don't need them to be exactly like episodes one and two, but I thought episodes one and two were so refreshing in their style and kind of the the genre that they were telling their story in, and it felt like they got a lot more marvelly in episodes four and five. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't love it. Uh, I More think, formula than unique. Well, yeah, and it's you know I think, and I don't think I'm alone in this. I think there is a general, um, kind of a, there are people who are generally tired, or a general you know exasperation. People who are just tired of the MCU and its formula, and kind of seeing similar stories being told over and over again. Like I talked about a few episodes ago, I would have loved this to just be a teen comedy. I think this movie, this uh, show would have been just as successful if it was just a teen comedy that happened to feature a superhero. Um, and so I'm going to give it 8.5 betas out of 10. Uh, I think the show was really good. It stuck the landing. I'm excited for the characters in the future. And my hope for the future is that they go back to some of that more stylistic approach. Chris, what about you? Solid, solid premiere. Solid, solid finale. Bit of a dip in the middle for me, uh, particularly the whole clandestine storyline. And I've seen in interviews, apparently COVID uh, reared its ugly head and really stifled some of the production, some of their plans. I'm not sure in what ways. Uh, similar to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, the, the messiness in the middle does drag it down for me but overall i really enjoyed the characters in this show i love the characters in the show maybe my favorite characters favorite new set of characters in the disney plus series that we've seen uh very excited to see more of them going forward 
And I really, truly believe that a second season of the show could be great, like amazing. So for me, overall, I gave it eight Barahulks out of ten. So series ratings, we'll start with me. I think for me, I still have Loki as number one. I don't think that'll ever change. Bailey was rewatching Loki the other day, and I was like walking by, and I just like looked at the TV. Every single shot in that show is so pretty. It's beautiful. It's such an incredibly shot show. The acting in it is so good. It really does feel a cut above everything else that has been on Disney+, Plus, at least for me. Um, WandaVision is going to get the close second, obviously. Um, I think I'm going to have Moon Knight third for me. I think I just... And they they could be interchangeable with Moon Knight. I think um, I've got like an... If I was going to do the tiers again, it would be Loki, WandaVision, and the S tier. And my A tier would be Moon Knight and Miss Marvel. Those could be interchangeable. I could change my mind on them any day. And then you start to get into the Hawkeyes, the What Ifs, and the Falcon and the Winter Soldiers. And those can be in whatever tier. I don't really care. Um, But these first four, I think, are the real successes of Disney+. Plus. Chris, what about you? Um, WandaVision is still number one for me. I don't think that's ever going to change. Sure. Uh, With Loki, again, a close second. Uh, Followed by Moon Knight. And then here's where I'm going back and forth is... I have in my I had Hawkeye right after Moon Knight. I can't decide if Ms. Marvel's going just ahead of Hawkeye or just behind Hawkeye. Interesting. I'm leaning towards just ahead because Hawkeye fizzled so much at the end for me. The watch. The watch. Yeah. Oh man. Oof. I but my, the things that worked in both shows were the characters. I loved the characters, uh, particularly you know, in Hawkeye, I thought Kate Bishop was great. Yeah. I was very happy to have Yelena. Um, and in this show, you know, like I said, I love her whole family. All of that is great. So it's very, very close right now due to recency bias and such a great finale. I'm going to put Ms. Ms. Marvel just ahead of Hawkeye, followed by... Um, Whatever I have after that. What if and then Falcon the Winter Soldier. How about you, Peach? Yeah. I, <clears throat> man, this drink's really like messing up my throat. Um <laughs> It's part of the experience. Oh. I <laughs> I have the same feelings as Eduardo, basically. We're all of our shows are in the exact same positions on our list here. Um, except I'm like I also think that Loki has the edge for me, but I have you know, had it equal to WandaVision in my head for a You've while. You've gone back and forth on this every time. I know. This yeah. episode. I should go back and watch both of them and see how I feel uh, in hindsight. But I have this same thing with Ms. Marvel and Moon Knight. So that's what's next is between those two. And it could go either way. I think overall this show, uh, this show like stuck with its theme better and it only had like one real negative point for me and that was the fifth episode but then i think about moon knight yeah some of it was all over the place but like oscar isaac was an absolute beast uh of also, an actor a moon knight show where it's all over the place kind of tracks yeah it makes sense for that show yeah. but i'm thinking about how much i liked episode four i still think mm-hmm. that's my favorite episode of any disney plus marvel show oh, right so i i I can't really decide between them which one I like more, so they're kind of hanging out together. Peaches, how would you like a show where inside the Great Pyramid um, they have a trial 
uh, with a bunch of like a guy in a suit who's supposed to be, you know, Osiris. And they sentence the person to turn into a purple skeleton. <laughs> I would just, I would throw something at my TV in that moment. It would be very violent. <laughs> Then you'd have to go furniture shopping again. Oh, never mind. I don't want to do that. TVs make sense to be expensive, Chris. Trash cans do not. I agree. Well, <laughs> let's get your recommendation for trash cans in our recommendation section. Recommendation jingle. Recommend a trash <laughs> yeah. can. Are you asking me first for recommendations? No, I can go first. Uh, I was going to recommend, and I just decided this. Uh, 45 minutes ago when I brought it up. I'm going to recommend Jane the Virgin. Wonderful, wonderful TV show. Uh, It was on the CW. Uh, It is about uh, a a girl who becomes accidentally artificially inseminated and has a baby even though she's a virgin. And it is a... It is a satire of... It's it's like a satire and also a love letter to telenovelas. And so it's got a lot of the tropes. There's a lot of twists and turns and betrayals and backstabs, and it's really fun. Um, so highly, highly recommend that show. God, the show is so good. It's, it's so very funny. Good. Uh, I remember Angela was watching that, and I was not a part of it. You're Angela. Until, like, I'm walking through, and like, I'm like, the show is good, and I just kept watching it with her. Yeah, and that's I, what happened to me. Yeah. yeah, I was like, this show is so was, much better than I expected. I was like, I Angela, this show is so good. And then I sat down with her. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, Eduardo, how did you get here? We don't live in the same state. <laughs> that's actually how we got down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jane the Virgin brought us. And it us. does feature the greatest television character of all time. Rogelio de la Vega. Oh, man. I 100% agree. I'm, 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 I'm a Rogelio stan. Uh, oh gosh! Um, you know what? You know what? Rogelio uh, or the uh, Jaime Camille was on. Hmm. He was on Ducktales. Woo! Oh, he and was I, on. Ducktales. And I am going to recommend the Ducktales reboot, uh, which is available to watch on Disney Plus. Uh, we watched that, and he's not in very many episodes. He he played Don Carnage, who was a character from Tailspin. So if you ever grew up, if you if you're our age and you watched, or maybe more my age. And you watched the Disney Afternoon when you were a kid. Uh, if you watched DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, um, Tailspin, Gummy Bears, all those shows, this DuckTales reboot is done in a way that actually brings in a lot of the other shows beyond DuckTales, and it's great. It has an incredible cast. Uh, David Tennant is Scrooge McDuck. Mm-hmm. Um, Huey is um, Danny Pudi, who was... Uh, Abed on Community, if you ever watched that. Um, Louis, uh, uh, yeah, Dewey is Ben Schwartz. Mm-hmm. And Louis is, um, uh, why am I blanking on his name? I'm picturing him. Uh, the guy from SNL, right? That? Yeah. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby Moynihan. Monahan. Bobby Moynihan, yes. Moin? Mon? Moin? I believe it's Moynihan. I think there's a Y in there. Um, Moin? Beck Bennett is Launchpad. Um, it's... Oh, and Donald Duck is in it. And Don, this show made Donald Duck my favorite Disney character, like of the classic Disney characters. Like it gave he me wasn't such, already. Uh, he was already up there, but he's he, uh, this show gave me such a new appreciation is, for Donald. You're giving Duck. me a look like what Donald is, isn't the goat. Donald is not the goat. He's the duck. Also, Donald anyone, of the Fab Five. Donald is the goat. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Who's First the goat? Off, never heals you. 
Second off, <laughs> it's obviously Goofy. Well, Goofy's in DuckTales, Goofy Tales always too. dies. Goofy- He's never alive either. Took his son to his concert, even though they were supposed to go on a fishing trip the whole time. And he got on stage with him and danced with him in Powerline. And then later, when he went to college, he was in the X Games. Was Donald in the X Games? Yeah, well, Donald I don't goes- think so. Donald so, is- there. Donald is like a seasoned adventurer in this show, and it's pretty great. Um, I love Donald. It's so funny. <laughs> I like my adventures <laughs> planned. <laughs> oh, and Flintheart Glomgold is the funniest Disney character of all time. He's very funny. Oh my gosh, this show. Um, yeah, so DuckTales is my recommendation. Hey, I still recommend, now that we've gotten to the end of this, I will re-recommend reading this first comic run. Of Mis- I have a second one. Okay. Suck my Suck ass. Yeah, I have that's, two. That's a bad recommendation. No one take that recommendation. <laughs> my have, second do, recommendation do third? is that I bend over. <laughs> <laughs> no, go. I I don't know if you need to download Marvel Unlimited for this, but I think I I think if you liked this show, you should give the comic run a shot if you haven't already. Um, it's uh, the theme of you know, accepting yourself and learning about your powers and like the origin stories there. It's really great. The supporting cast is really great. And as Chris and I talked about on the last, maybe before last episode, I don't remember the villain is a bird. Yeah. <laughs> it's really last fun. Episode, yeah. So check that out. My not repeat recommendation. I have basically all week done nothing except stress. So I don't nice. have, I don't have a lot of new experiences to remind you all about, but on the way here and at other times throughout the week, I've been on a Millington kick. So Millington is a band. I recommend that band. Uh, it's it's ska, but they call themselves Brass Emo. <laughs> so uh, really like them. They're really fun. Um, my favorite song of theirs is Misery, but they have a lot of good songs. They did a cover of Vindicated. Oh, I gotta listen to it. Yeah, and they did a couple Christmas covers. They did. Um, I hope they did a Christmas cover of Vindicated. <laughs> There's they just Bell. added Jingle Bell to the background. <laughs> uh, they did a cover of uh, Heat and Snow Miser, whatever the actual oh, nice. name of that song is. I believe it's I Heat Miser and Snow Miser. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I never know what order those go in. I guess it's probably the order they appear in the song. Yeah. You sounded like them because it's a ska band. Okay. You like, that was <laughs> that pretty good. That could be good. a ska band. Yeah. So, yeah, listen to Millington if you like ska slash brass emo. <laughs> brass emo. The brimo. <laughs> Let's get to it for this episode <laughs> of Assembly Required and MCU Retrospective. If you want to support the show, you can do so. Assembly, uh, Patreon.com slash Assembly Required. Join our patron exclusive Discord. Hear all of our initial thoughts. We've already talked about Thor 11 Thunder in there, so you want to see what we're talking about in there, uh, about the, the newest Marvel happenings, you can do so over there. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, it's going to be at AssemblyCast. You can send the show an email, assemblyrequiredcast at gmail.com. I'm not going to plug our Twitters anymore because it's just me plugging my own Twitter and it's sad. <laughs> you don't want people to talk to you on Twitter? They can. It's at ABCNeduardo1. Uh, but honestly, follow me if you want to hear about the Orlando Magic because that's basically all I tweet about. That's going to do it. I, we're going to plug at Braylee Kins, uh, but only go there if you need uh, extreme legal advice. 
Extreme. No regular legal advice. <laughs> only the most extreme. You can only ask the legal advice while um, jumping off a ramp in a motorbike. You you can uh, ask her for advice if you've been slanderized. <laughs> uh, you can only go there if you ask the difference between a copyright and uh, a patent. And a trademark. Trademark, that's the one. Uh, no, throw a patent in there too just to make it more confusing. Yeah. yeah. That's going to do it. <laughs> For myself, for Christopher Peaches, we love you 3,000. Bye, everybody. Excelsior. Bobbly, bobbly. Bobbly, bobbly.